Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing great, doing great. This is going to be a fun topic because when we raised it, I really, it hurt the brain a little bit, um, you know, as, as far as the, the scientist in me. But on the other hand, I mean, I formed my own opinions kind of quickly based on my experience in life, but in horses. What did you think of this topic? You know, what do you feed first? Forage, concentrate, or maybe even give them their supplement first? Oh, it is a really good question. And, and it's one that I've had people ask me before. And there's a lot of myths out there that ultimately aren't supported by the scientific literature. So I think this is going to be a really fun one to talk through. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Before we get going, you know, breaking down, getting to the weeds, literally, or the grass, why care? Why not just throw it all out there and let them pick? <laughs> you know, I think the reason this question comes up is because it's one of those traditional horse keeping things that if you, you know, are, were raised by someone who did pony club or any of the traditional horse keeping schools of thought, you were drilled that you have to feed hay before grain. So then I get the question and either maybe it's a large boarding facility and because of their access to people to work, like it's not realistic to think that we can really separate the time we feed hay and grain just because of needing someone physically to do that. And that's when people are available or even people like myself who have their horses at home in the morning. Do I have to get up an hour earlier to feed my hay first before my grain? Because we want to do what's best for our horse, and we've been told this is a really important thing. So I think that's why ultimately this question does come up. If you like Google it on the internet, you'll find all sorts of articles. Again, many of them saying things that aren't necessarily right, but it's yeah. a pretty common question that people have in terms of horse management. No, it does make sense. It does make sense. So, I mean, to go back... You know, because, oh, oh gosh, I'm going back to my college days when I was feeding 30, 40 horses. I think we just gave them the hay and then threw the grain in the bucket and just went to the next one and the next one and the next one uh, in all those stalls. Uh, so I guess my question is, why can't we, again, going back to why can't we just throw it all out once or do horses have a preference for one or the other? Well, I think most of us, if we fed hay and grain at the same time, would be concerned if our horses pick the hay first. You go, oh my God, I don't think he feels well. Generally yeah, speaking, yeah, yeah. yeah, not that there's the occasional horse that doesn't have a preference for hay over grain and has nothing wrong with them. But generally speaking, I think we all have the thought that if our horse is not immediately diving into their grain and choosing their hay first, there's probably health reason for that. So definitely horses in general, I'm not going to say there's not the 1%, in general have a strong preference for their grain over their hay. So if you feed both of them at once, 99 out of 100 horses are going to eat their grain and then their hay. And I will say in terms of this question, if the horse is out on pasture all the time or they have free choice hay, it, it becomes a non-question, right? This is in situations where we are specifically meal feeding and horses are going for 
some relatively long duration of time between their forage meals, meaning that there's been time for their stomach to become empty. They don't have hay or pasture in front of them. That's really where this question comes from, not the free choice forage fed horse. All right, without beating around the bush, let's just get straight to it. Because like you said, since Pony Club, anytime you're introduced to feeding horses, you're always taught forage, 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 forage. Even last week we were talking about forage. So why should, or what have you found to support that forage should be fed first? Or is that a myth? Is is, is there research showing, wait a minute, maybe you can feed a, a grain or a supplement first? So we'll start with, there's no downside of feeding hay before concentrate or grain. And we're talking about, you know, that thing that's meant to fill in the gaps in the hay that could be a one pound ration balance, or it could be five pounds of sweet feed. Anything we'd call a concentrate is what we're talking about when we're talking about this hay or grain first. So there's no downside of feeding hay first. Couldn't find any evidence that that is ever a problem. And that makes perfect sense, right? There's no reason to suspect that was the case. Now, the reasons that we're traditionally told hay before grain, one of them relates to, you know, how fast will horses eat their grain? And this one, definitely important for horses that bolt their feed. So the research is a little bit equivocal. Sometimes horses eat their grain more slowly after they've been given hay. Sometimes it doesn't change the amount of time that it takes for them to eat their grain if they've been given hay first, but it never speeds them up if you feed them hay, yeah. then eat their grain. So there's there's no downside there. Really important for horses uh, that like to bolt their feed. So if we can get them to eat slower, decreases the likelihood of choke. The other thing for all horses, if they eat their grain more slowly, it increases the mechanical breakdown of the feed. They're spending more time chewing, less time just inhaling the grain to get it down as fast as possible because they're convinced they're starving. And that helps initiate digestion and it gives more particle size availability for those digestive enzymes to work on. So you get more diet digestibility when the horse takes the time to chew. So from that perspective, you know, the traditional feed hay before grain makes perfect sense when it comes to horses eating behavior. Now, the other part of that is this concept that if you feed hay before grain, it'll slow down the time that it takes the grain to leave the stomach. This is where things are A, a little bit more complicated and I can maybe see where a little bit of that idea came from. It, it's not really supported by the literature, though. So first you think about, like, what do you mean it changes when you feed different things? Like, how quickly things move through the digestive tract, particularly the stomach. And to understand this, you have to think a little bit about kind of how this happens. So... In the stomach, it's pretty complicated feedback mechanism that tells the stomach when to relax and let digestion move from the stomach into the small intestine. And this happens through what's called the pyloric sphincter. It's a ring of smooth muscle that connects the stomach to the small intestine, and that has to relax to open to let that digestion move from the stomach to the small intestine. So there's kind of two phases of this when a horse eats a meal. There's some really cool research that's actually measured this. But what they find is that 
initially receptors in the mouth and the esophagus send this message to the stomach where there's some immediate relaxation during ingestion. So it doesn't matter if they're eating grain or hay, you have this relaxation to let digestive start flowing out of the stomach into the small intestine. And then there's this longer phase of more moderate relaxation. And again, it's based on stimulation of the gastric wall itself. So part of that's going to be like the bulk size of the meal. And this lasts for a lot longer time. And if you look at specifically feeding a meal of grain versus hay in the same pound quantity, so one pound of grain versus one pound of hay, you see that relaxation happens longer when they're fed the one pound of hay, suggesting that it takes longer for hay to leave the stomach than it does an equal quantity of grain. So the idea, I guess, is that, well, we put hay in, hay takes longer to leave the stomach, that'll slow the grain down. But if we kind of look at other research that looks at the combination of hay and grain in the diet, rather than just thinking about them separately, the order of hay versus grain doesn't actually change the amount of time that it takes for that grain to leave the stomach. So it's really some fascinating research. We know some things do change passage rate or mean retention time. One of them is diet composition. Another is the total amount you feed. And this is where thinking back to grain, we talk about this a lot. The more you feed, the more quickly it moves through the digestive system. And big grain meals flow really quickly. So it decreases diet digestibility in the small intestine. That's where we want our amino acids, our trace minerals, all those things are absorbed. So if it's trucking through the small intestine to get to the hindgut, we're not absorbing all the good things that the horse is eating. On top of that, we talked about this a lot, particularly if it's high NSC, you have it moving quickly to the hindgut, well, all that starch in the hindgut, that's not good for the microbes. And we've talked about that a ton. We even talked about it last week. So, you know, there's a lot of this research existed in the first place because we were feeding these high NSC, large grain meals, kind of the traditional way we fed a horse. And we were looking for ways to mitigate that. So passage rate doesn't change. Feeding hay before grain doesn't change the amount of time that it's going to take that hay to move through the system. However, some very, very recent research, a lot of this is older, but the very research is from 2020. There was a study that measured whether or not feeding a little bit of hay, just two pounds, before a high starch grain meal, a pretty big meal, changed how many uh, interleukin 1b, those are pro-inflammatory cytokines, so a measure of inflammation, when they feed this large grain meal, you have this release of these pro-inflammatory cytokines, presumably due to some pH changes in the hindgut. And they found that if you fed just a tiny bit of hay before that really big grain meal, you actually mitigated some of that inflammation that occurred because of the large grain meal. Okay, so that's a that's a good thing, right? But think thinking full circle, um, I think the issue here is not whether we feed hay before grain. Again, no downside to feeding hay before grain. But all of this research is really a function of mitigating the impact of really high NSC meals. 
So if you're feeding large meals that are high NSC, there does appear to be a little bit of an advantage to feeding your hay before your grain, not on passage rate, but in this pro-inflammatory state, it doesn't completely get rid of that inflammation. You know, but ultimately, why don't we just look at feeding lower NSC meals and, you know, not have to try to mitigate those large grain meals getting to the hindgut? I think that's the bigger thing here. Some of this made sense. And I think anecdotally, people probably saw a difference in the way back whens when they fed hay before their grain because they were feeding giant meals of corn and oats. All right, so that's a, a, a lot of to digest, pun intended. But that was very, was very good, Nicole. Like I, I was really, I was really captured because sometimes when we talk science, it, 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 it does, you know, hurt the brain. But this was that made perfect, perfect sense. Now, just to break this down a little bit, where does like saliva and buffering come in your thought process, right? So I, I do want to come back and, and come back to the high NSC that you just finished up with, but I did make a note when you were talking. So chewing, right? Even grain meals, there's not a lot of saliva production, right? So with, with our forage, they're producing more saliva. So would that be a benefit? Because reading some of those popular articles, that's one of the arguments is it helps buffer the stomach. Then you can throw in the grain. Is, is that anywhere in your thought process with this? Oh, yeah, that is a great question. It's one of those things that definitely can't hurt. I will point out that the higher NSC, particularly sugars you have in the stomach, the more you need to buffer the stomach. So again, from that perspective, like having that extra buffering capacity is it definitely isn't a bad thing. But you know, how meaningful that is physiologically, I think the incidence of ulcers and horses fed these high NSC meals tells us that, yeah, you get a little extra buffering capacity, but not necessarily enough to overcome that physiological impact of just sugar being fermented in the stomach. So again, not a bad thing by any means goes into that check mark of hay before grain is never going to be a detriment, whether there's enough buffering capacity there to be physiologically relevant and overcome like a really big molasses-y sweet feed meal, probably not. So these, 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 like you said, molasses, sugar, dense feeds, avoid. So lower NSC feeds, you know, like the whole tribute line, right? Most of the tribute lines, very low, lower NSC. What else did you find about feeding these starchy meals, hay before grain? Uh, any other interesting research out there? Yeah, well, and the fact that you were kind of talking about NSCs brings this in perfectly because kind of the other main focus in the research is the glycemic response. So can you change the amount of insulin that's secreted after a meal if you feed hay before grain or vice versa? And this is a pretty interesting one. And actually, you know, there was a nice thesis done out of Ohio State that, I mean, looks specifically at this because you could see there's a couple times it's postulated or suggested in the literature that maybe there might be something there. And it turns out, in short, the answer is no. So the, the glycemic response to that grain meal which we know is just a function of the sugar and starch, so how much glucose is absorbed from the small intestine, then in turn changes how much insulin is released. It was not changed whether they fed hay before grain or vice versa. And if think about this, 
This also lends itself in support of the concept that it's not changing really gastric emptying by feeding hay before grain. Because if it did change gastric emptying, then you might have a slower release of your concentrate, meaning a slower trickle of glucose, and then slower insulin production, but that did not happen. So again, going back to this concept, like you'll see things like forage creates a fiber mat, which slows down grain release from the stomach. That really does not appear to happen at all. And that's supported both based on that passage rate data, and then again, this glycemic response. And you know, how much insulin the horse releases, we we focus on that a lot because we have a lot of these horses who are very sugar and starch sensitive, insulin resistant, polysaccharide storage, myopathy. So if you're managing those horses, again, feeding hay first, no downside, but unfortunately you don't get any extra level of protection if you feed your hay before your grain in terms of that insulin spike that happens after a meal. Instead, we're focused on things like what's the NSC content of the grain itself? How small can we make the meal size? You know, that's another thing. You know, our more modern feeds are higher fat, which brings in calories without the NSC. The nice thing with that is it keeps your meal size smaller and still very calorically dense. There, there was really interesting research as well looking at the impact of fat on gastric emptying because in some other species, higher fat slows down gastric emptying doesn't happen in the horse either. But just displacing those calories with fat versus NSC is going to help with that insulin response independent of gastric emptying, which we know it doesn't impact in the horse like it does other species. Uh, it's fascinating. It's, it's it's such a great thought. I mean, this is such a fun question. Uh, oh, I, you know, it, so it's, it, Thank you for sending in this question because it's just it's just wonderful. So if you have any other questions out there, please send them in because this is a really fun one for us uh, to chase down the answers and find the research for you. So, Nicole, take home message on this. It doesn't sound like there's really any research to support either other, but except I guess in the situations where horses are bolting their grain, maybe that's something you, you suggested. Uh, maybe hay versus grain feed hay first before the grain. What's the take-home message on this? What would you suggest to our listeners they feed first? (laughs) So ultimately, I think if you're in a situation where you are feeding, you know, large quantities of higher NSC feeds, the only time that honestly I'm creating and suggesting a diet like that is for the horse in super intense levels of work. Think the thoroughbred racehorse, for example, really elite athletes that just need so much energy and then all of that glucose to support the type of job they're doing. Yeah, in that situation, it absolutely makes sense. We saw that there's a little bit of data to support that pro-inflammatory cascade being blunted by hay before grain. For most people, I think I'd focus less on hay before grain and rather the composition and meal size because that's the more effective way to do what we're trying to support with that traditional idea of hay before grain, which is supporting digestive health. So smaller meal sizes, either feeding more frequently, feeding grains or feeding concentrates, if you will, that are more calorically dense from fat to keep meal sizes small and lower NSC 
those are the things that are ultimately going to support what you're going in for in the first place of hay versus grain. And I'll give you the perfect situation. Um, I don't get up an extra hour early to feed hay before grain <laughs> to my horses. In, instead, I've, I've created a feeding management system where my hard keepers, they have hay full time. So when I go out in the morning, they are getting a little bit larger meals. They're getting senior sport, so it's lower NSC high fat. They are a little bit larger meals, but they have hay in front of them continuously. And then the easy keeper, I mean, he gets a little bit restricted in terms of his hay intake, but he's also only getting one pound of ration balancer. And it's hard to get yourself in trouble feeding one pound of ration balancer. So yeah, ultimately, yeah. you know, my suggestion here is let's not think as much about hay before concentrate, except in that elite performing athlete that really needs a ton. But instead, let's just think about holistically the best way to put together a program that supports digestive health. And that's as much forage access as possible, lower NSC, higher fat, smaller meal sizes. Oh, well, thank you. And and I think we'll leave it at that. That's it's such a fun topic. Thank you for doing the research, Nicole, and going down that rabbit hole and finding the answers for the listeners. And 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 I hope everybody listening got something out of that. So again, if you have any questions like this, management, feeding management, horse man, equine management, uh, please contact us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, you can find us. If you have any questions on your individual feeding plan, do not forget there's always that free resource in the show notes, you can click on it, shoot our team a question or an email, and they will get back to you as soon as they can. But thank you so much for sharing. And for those that have rated us on iTunes, thank you again. And thank you, Nicole. And next week, we got another great topic. We do. And I want to remind everyone, we are coming up on that 100th episode, which you'll want to make sure to tune in for, for some exciting things. I, that, very true. Very true. So stay tuned for that. Thank you. Thanks, Chris.